Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Wednesday, April 19th, 2023. I'm your host, George Kirk, joined by the one and only draft expert, Cody Roadcap. Cody, how you doing? Uh, I'm feeling the pressure to live up to that title. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I'm sure you have. We're going to talk plenty of draft, but actually first, Tyler Snyder's not with us. He did get married this weekend, so congrats to him, first off. He is going out on his honeymoon as we speak, as we as you listen to us speak, I should say. <laughs> and, I mean, if you're on YouTube watching this, which if you're not, I definitely recommend you checking us out at the Couch GMs on YouTube. George is at Tyler's house, so you can see the lovely couple right over his shoulder. Uh, yes, that is Mickey Mouse ears that you can see just faintly. Um, but, you know, if you haven't been along this offseason, we did change up a little bit. We are now only doing every other week with some bonus episodes sprinkled in. Uh, spoiler alert, there's probably going to be a mock draft episode because next week's draft week should be scheduled off, but we'll be back next week as a bonus episode. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what we're doing this off season. Still talk. We're talking a lot more football, still keeping fantasy relevant for sure. Uh, as always, you can join us at the couch GMs over on discord to hop in the discussion, follow us on all our social medias, but George, are you ready to sit back, relax and chat? Yes, sir. Let's start off with some feel good news here. We got to talk about DeMar Hamlin, who we had the scary situation near the end of the regular season. We had all these things about his recovery. We actually just heard, I believe on Tuesday of this week, that he has been cleared by three medical professionals and he is working out with the Buffalo Bills and he is expected to play football this season. Absolutely crazy considering what we saw, but props to everybody involved and his will to come back. And I hope he succeeds. Yeah, I mean he there still is going to be some hurdles for sure for him um again it is an incredible story another shout out to the bills medical staff cincinnati facilities like for handling that situation uh it it's not as long ago as it may feel uh but think back to how you were watching that monday night football game on the brink of fantasy championships and how that affected things and the world it's just the football world at least just stopped for him mm -hmm. to be able to come back, being able to clear to play, becoming an advocate for the condition that he had and helping bring change in the younger athlete generation uh, is great for him. Looking forward to seeing number three back on the field this season. Yes, sir. And uh, that brings us into some signing news. We're going to start with the biggest, highest average value per year contract in NFL history which goes to Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts signing a five-year, $255 million contract. That also includes a lot of guaranteed money. I believe it was $179 million and the first no-trade clause in Philadelphia Eagles history. They, We knew they were going to buy in. They really bought in. For sure. And, you know, we had we actually had this debate on Saturday. Uh, we were with another mm -hmm. one of our friends, Jordan. Uh, shout out, Jordan. Uh, who's an, an Eagles fan, we were talking to him about Jalen Hurts, and we literally had the conversation, how much money is he going to make? Is he going to be the highest-paid quarterback? Are they going to try to get this deal done before Burrow, before Lamar gets figured out, before Justin Herbert? Or do they actually want to see him in another year? Doing is the one-year sample size enough? 
Um, and we actually decided that it was, and there wasn't a tangible amount that you could put on what Jalen Hurts meant to the Philadelphia Eagles and that locker room from a leadership perspective. And I think the Eagles cashed in and they went for that because he represents Philadelphia the best way you you can have air do. The players love him. I saw Lane Johnson immediately. That's tweeted out. That's my quarterback after the deal got done. Uh, so it seems like everybody in Philly wanted this, um, which is crazy to think that we are now just, you know, a couple years ago, years removed from there, winning the Super Bowl with Nick Foles to Carson Wentz coming back as the starter on what, you know, was hoping to be another MVP-esque season after he tore his ACL. They ended up drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round. Howie Roseman, the Eagles, they were ridiculed for the pick. Now here he is, took the team to the Super Bowl, becoming the highest paid quarterback. And then I'm sure you've seen it, but if not, it is a super cool aspect of it too. Um, Not on the small side, but how Jalen Hurts has an all-female management staff and empowering women to be a bigger part of sports and being able to be leaders and having a woman be able to negotiate the highest average year contract in NFL history. is great for the sport. It's great for all the young girls who are getting into the NFL. So have to give that a shout as well. Shout out as well. Bunch of true professionals over there on Jalen Hurts team. And they actually did post on social media Tuesday about how this has been a two month long negotiation with the Eagles. There was never really any ill will towards anything, but it was a lot of number crunching, figuring out how to get Jalen the money while not hurting the Eagles in the salary cap. And speaking of that, the fact that Jalen Hurts first three years of salary cap hit is less than Daniel Jones first two he only counts towards six million towards the salary cap in 2023. The Eagles are going to have have I don't know how this dead money is going to slide to the back end of the contract, but at least for the next four years, the Eagles found a way to pay one of the top five quarterbacks in the league without having a top 32 quarterback cap hit, which is absolutely insane. Yeah, there. That's that's why people will say the salary cap's a myth, but at the end, that money will come due. At some point, they are just holding on to their Super Bowl window as long as possible and really hoping in that new YouTube deal, uh, which cost a fortune. So for those who were thinking that it was going to be cheaper for Sunday ticket, boy, were we wrong. And buy it early because you save 100 bucks. Yes, buy it early. (laughs) Uh, That's what I would do if I were in your shoes. Um, Another big name, uh, OBJ, was set to visit with the New York Jets. It seemed like everything was saying if all goes well, he's going to be a New York Jet. And at the 11th hour, the Baltimore Ravens jump in and sign him to a one-year $18 million deal with $15 million guaranteed. So a big commitment. And the most interesting thing is, is OBJ said he wants to play with Lamar, but did not receive any assurances that Lamar would be the starting quarterback. Is he the biggest name wide receiver to sign and answer so few questions about himself and more questions about a potential future teammate? It, it that, has that, to be. Press conference is weird. For sure. <laughs> but I get it because everything has been centered around Lamar. And I think that this going out there and signing OBJ and finally getting Lamar Jackson, potentially the first wide receiver one he's had in his entire career so far, 
um, would be a you know, go a long way towards the front office finally showing that they're trying to put something around him and get the best out of him in at least a passing aspect of the game. Um, but we'll see if that actually constitutes to a handshake in the negotiation room and a contract that Lamar does deserve. And I know there was a lot of talk going around recently about a contract that was offered to Lamar before last season and how it compared to the Jalen Hurts contract currently. Um, and I don't exactly know how many of the numbers that we heard on that are legitimate. So I don't want to talk into it too much. Um, but I do know that in average per year, Lamar Jackson was never getting a top three quarterback deal, even though he probably does deserve it. When you consider the fact that Hertz isn't even going to be the top AAB contract for long, it's going to be a Justin Herbert thrown in there, a Joe Burrow thrown in there. Hopefully even Lamar probably should get right around that. And we'll have to see how that goes. And Lamar's won an MVP, so he definitely does yes. deserve the contract for sure. Still no real updates on the Lamar situation. You have to think this move was like an enticement for Lamar. We'll see if it comes out. Um, but, spe- you know, comparing Lamar and Jalen Hurts, you know, the things that we talked about is how Lamar has been wanting, you know, a fully guaranteed or almost completely guaranteed contract, very similar to what Deshaun Watson got. And while, yes, Jalen Hurts got the highest average uh, in NFL history, he signed a he signed a five-year, $255 million contract extension that only had, I say only, like it's not a lot of money. It is $179 million guaranteed, leaving like $70 million not guaranteed in the contract. Not the best situation for Lamar, who's like, all these guys are going to get close to the Sean Watson contracts. I need to get that too. Just to goes to show on how ridiculous the Sean Watson contract was. And you can kind of see the frustrations uh, why Lamar would be feeling that way. Uh, but I don't want to take anything away from what Jalen Hurts deservedly got. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And if we hear anything else about Lamar Jackson, maybe you'll even hear us pop on for another special episode to talk about how that deal broke out or a trade or whatever ends up happening. Uh, just to mention, because hashtag Rogers Wash, we don't actually have on our rundown. He has no new news as well. A uh, lot of leverage of um, who has the power in the deal between the Jets, the Packers or Team X or Y. Uh, who knows who Team X or Y are? Uh, we can guess, but we don't really know. Um, so we'll have to you. keep an eye on that. Okay. Because, you know, we can't have a show without Rodgers watch in the offseason. <laughs> At this point, do you think it's even worth making a trade before the Jets are on the clock at pick 13? No, um, especially because now we're, what, less uh, about a week away from the NFL draft. Um, there's not going to be a rush much more than that for the Jets to bring a quarterback in-house. They haven't even really started mini camps yet. Rodgers probably wouldn't even participate in mini camps at his age and how he has this experience. They would just want him in there by sometime early in training camp to get you know rapport with the offense and the receivers and such, which an offense he is familiar with. Um, and meanwhile, the Packers can be like, we're just going to keep him as a backup. So there's going to be a point where the Packers are going to want to try to get something out of him. And that's when some of these deals that aren't leading up to what the Packers are receiving right now are going to be listened to. Um, But right now there's no rush, honestly, for either side to go out there and make this move. The draft would be the first time where you might see a little bit of urgency as the Jets may have to be like, is Rodgers our short-term answer? Are we going out there in the draft and trying to find a long-term answer or both? Yeah, I think I think this gets incredibly interesting. Uh, 
and maybe we'll talk about this on our bonus episode too. So I'll just leave you all to ponder that and let us know in the comments what you're thinking. Uh, we, we, I don't think either of us think Rodgers actually ends up in Green Bay as the backup, but it will be interesting no. when the, the Jets are on the clock at 13. Is a Will Levis there? Is an Anthony Richardson there? Could they just go quarterback after they've won this long? Or are they committed to Aaron Rodgers and all both offensive linemen they wanted? They're like, okay, I guess now we'll give up pick 13 because there's not really the guy we wanted there anyways. So let's just get this done. A lot of question marks around Aaron Rodgers that we will have to see. That's pretty much been the status quo all offseason. Uh, just some quick other news. The St. Not the St. Louis. The Los Angeles Rams uh, have traded. 2022 free agent signing of the year, Allen Robinson to the Pittsburgh Steelers by paying 12 of his $17 million salary. And they're essentially doing a pick swap. So they are just getting out of this contract. Um, Allen Robinson just never really has come to seem to bounce back from his injuries. Uh, I know I was pretty high on him going to, the Rams offense, yes. Cooper Cup, yes. Matt Stafford got hurt. Uh, I He's still 29 years old, so I think it's actually a solid signing. I think him with George Pickens, um, Deontay Johnson, like I think what Chase Claypool did last year, like Allen Robinson can do being the number three in that offense. Like I think that's a, a good value for him being a veteran in that room as well. Uh, so I like this move for the Steelers. Uh, and the Rams, they, they clear some cap, and maybe they're – looking at the 2024 number one overall pick. Yeah, the Rams are a whole nother story that's because we're talking draft. I'll mention like they're coming into the draft with one quarterback on their roster and no kicker or punter. Like they're still in transition period, even after free agency is winding down Unlike most teams who have a solid base of what's what's on their roster. And they're just trying to supplement the draft as much as we want to see the Rams come back and, rally again and may see Matt Stafford make another run. I don't, I'm not convinced that that's the idea of how the Rams are going to handle this season. When it comes to Robinson to the Steelers, um, I didn't really see the fit too much. Like I feel like having that third receiver as an Allen Robinson might be overkill, except for the fact that you see they're not really paying much money because the Rams paid most of the contract. In that case, then it's a solid move for the Steelers to get another weapon around Kenny Pickett and see if they can turn this, quick rebuild into an even quicker rebuild than we thought for sure and then two other quick pieces of news speaking of a trade star safety for the cardinals buda baker has requested a trade so now they could be losing their best player on defense along with arguably their best player on offense with deandre hopkins this season kyler murray is banged up so the cardinals look to be on the rams for that top spot next year which will be interesting and then the Washington Commanders are in the process of being sold. The bid has officially submitted to the NFL, sold to the Josh Harris group. Uh, Harris also owns the 76ers, the New Jersey Devils, and Crystal Palace FC. So the Commanders could finally be getting a new owner for the sh- small amount of money of $6.05 <laughs> billion, the highest sold team. And I, all that's, I said that's after billion with a B, everybody, just to make billion sure with the B. And I just want everyone to know that after I saw that news that I had to pay, someone had to pay that much money for the commanders. I was never more appreciative of the $300 I spent to become a share owner 
shareholder owner of the Green Bay Packers. So, yep. Pour, buy a part of the Packers Absolute for three hundred. Buy the Commanders for six point zero five billion. You tell me which is a smarter deal. I'm going to go with the Packers and I'm going to have to put my name on that list to become a part owner too, because even if I'm not a primary Packers fan, that's just too good of a deal to pass up. For sure. For sure. But (laughs) you know, we talked about it a little bit. The draft is right around the corner. So why don't we get into a little draft preview? All right. Like George said at the top of the show, I have been, designated the couch gm's resident draft expert um i will put the caveat there is a lot of smart people out on the internet that i rely on a lot and that's where i get a lot of my sources from uh or the information and what i read uh so the draft network nfl.com uh, i am a packers fan cheese tv they do a dra- great draft guide uh pff like there's a lot of great information out there so i'm just going to try to accumulate some of that information and talk about some of these prospects but because our roots are in fantasy football we are also going to twist it as you guys are planning for your dynasty rookie drafts what players might be you know actual redraft candidates keepers all those kinds of things about and of course the most important position in fantasy football is the quarterbacks and this year is a very interesting quarterback class we already saw the panthers from nine to one for a quarterback, and they've even said as of today, they still don't have a decision on which quarterback they will be taking, whether that is trying to manipulate the Houston Texans to jump up and trade for unsaid quarterback, or they are just keeping it close to the vest. Uh, very reminiscent of when Cleveland Browns had the first pick uh, in the Baker Mayfield draft. They were like leading up to the draft. It was, everyone thought they were taking Josh Allen. And then day of, they were like, nope, it's Baker Mayfield. So, unfortunately, it seems like they made the wrong pivot at the last second. But this year's quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, these are quarterbacks one and two. For me, C.J. Stroud is QB1. For a lot of people, it's Bryce Young. Uh, Bryce Young's really only knock is his size. C.J. Stroud is not really too much of a knock. He was His biggest knock is he never beat Michigan as the starting quarterback in Ohio State, uh, which – I mean, they they beat Michigan for quite a few years in a row, and then the last two years they haven't been able to pull the trigger. Uh, they, there is some concerns about how effective he is using his legs, but he showed off in uh, the playoff game this year against Georgia, that elite defense, that he can use his legs when needed. So those are the top two quarterbacks uh, overall in terms of the NFL. Which one Carolina goes with is – a big question, George, any inclinations on which guy you think Carolina's going to go with? I'm having a feeling they're going with CJ Stroud. I feel like they've been buzzing less about Bryce Young than most teams have been. Like you said, like you're CJ Stroud first. They seem to be more on your side when a lot of experts have been saying they prefer Bryce Young. Um, I had Bryce Young first on my board, but it is fairly, really honestly, very close. Um, so that's where I'm going to guess there. And I think if Bryce Young falls to number two, there's no doubt he's going to Houston. Um, and Stroud would be the other. Like, I think it's going to be one, two there, regardless of, you know, whoever Carolina takes, Houston's taking the other. Now, there has been some smoke and not sure how much, how big the fire is, but there has been some smoke that if Bryce Young goes number one, that the Texans will not take a quarterback and they will take Will Anderson, who is, 
consider the top defensive player because they have so many missing pieces. They're not if they don't get their guy, they're not going to just take a quarterback for the sake of taking quarterback. But I'm kind of with you. I think that you know Stroud Young is one two, and you'll have to tune in next week to see on what the official Couch Jams mock draft says. Uh, by now, you've heard of the combine superstar Anthony Richardson. Um, he would be the guy I'm most excited about if I was on a dynasty team in fantasy football because he has all the athleticism in the world to be a elite rusher. Like Anthony Richardson can, in terms of fantasy football, can step onto the field and do pretty similarly what Justin Fields did last year. You didn't expect Justin Fields to throw for 300 yards. You weren't expecting that from him. You just expected him to get 70 yards a game on the ground. Anthony Richardson could probably step into the NFL and do that. Now he has some work to do as a passer. Um, I still think he would be QB three for me um, as a true developmental process. I would love to see him go to a team that already has a quarterback. Seattle at five behind Smith for a year makes a ton of sense. In my opinion, if he makes it that far. Uh, So he is the next tier. Uh, So he's a tier below um, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young for me. And then if I had to round out a top five, I would have Hendon Hooker and Will Levis. They both have their knocks. I think Will Levis has accuracy issues. Uh, I just have never bought it. He's the prototypical. Like if you, you know, go to Madden and you're like creating a quarterback, like his his height, weight, and arm strength is like what you look for. Uh, But I always have heard that accuracy is the most thing, the hardest thing for people to improve once they get to the NFL. And he has struggled with that. And then Hannon Hooker, I like a little bit better, but he is coming off a major knee injury, and he is 26 years old. The second time. So, yes, there's definitely some question yeah. marks there. And it is worth noting, Peter Schrager of Good Morning Football did put out his first mock draft on Tuesday, and he actually had Hendon Hooker go, going before uh, Will Levis. Hendon Hooker stayed in Tennessee on that mock draft. And somebody else, I can't, the name is forgetting me, said there's no way Hendon Hooker gets past 29. Uh, so a guy that we didn't even know mm-hmm. was going to be a first-round pick has seemed to move up the board and looks like we will have five quarterbacks taken in the first round. This quarterback class is so much different than last year because last year you were trying to see, like, who could be the diamond in the rough. There's a lot of people who are very raw talents this year, yeah, you can say there's some raw talents, but like the amount of upside in this quarterback class is crazy. We're talking about quarterbacks three, four, five. I mean, like Will Levis, I'm also not really a fan. He has a chance to go somewhere and develop into a great quarterback. There's don't get me wrong. But when I'm talking about Anthony Richardson and Hendon Hooker, they could be two top five quarterbacks by the end of their career, in my mind, fairly easily. But you're talking about super raw talent in Richardson. He has a lot to learn to run a pro offense. Hendon Hooker, I think, might be more pro ready, but like you said, two knee surgery, two major knee surgeries. He's going to be in his 30s when he's coming off his rookie contract. People could go out there and be like, yeah, we can still get 10 years out of Hendon Hooker if he stays healthy. And that's very possible because quarterbacks play into their late 30s all the time. But I understand why there's a little bit, there was a lot more questions he was going to go in round one and I think now that we see how some of these teams have struggled to find quarterbacks for years we've seen teams like the Cleveland Browns who have just had quarterback carousels because they've been thinking about this that and the other and then taking the wrong prospect someone's going to take a chance on him and I think he's got a really good chance to be successful um 
teams I'm watching for both of them, I think because they're very similar in the whole high upside kind of deal. Um, you said Seattle at five. I like that fit for Anthony Richardson, but I wouldn't be shocked if he gets past five. If you see someone like Las Vegas or Detroit trade out to someone like Tennessee and they come up there and try to get somebody other than Malik Willis behind Ryan Tannehill and see what they can do. Yeah, and if for some reason, if Richardson's there at Detroit, they're going to think long and hard about, do we trade out or do we take this ultra-elite pros- athletic prospect and let mm-hmm. him sit for a year behind Jared Goff? We, you know, we just after Jamison Williams the year before. They still have DeAndre Swift, Amroth St. Brown two years ago. Like, they have a young nucleus. Like, if they could get a guy um, in there to, to grow with them. But they also seem to be really high on Jared Goff, so that, that's definitely an interesting uh, one, uh, Schreger Jared Goff's one of the more frustrating quarterbacks, knowing sure. how he's had success with leading teams to the playoffs and beyond, and but just isn't that guy you want to go out there and be like, I want to put my bet my chips on Jared Goff. Like, uh, yeah, I completely agree. And I'll just throw out there too. Uh, Peter Schrager did have Hooker staying in Tennessee. He's from uh, the University of Tennessee, so that would actually be cool for for him. Um, but teams in the back end of the draft too, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they did squeeze into the playoffs. They could be looking for a team to move up. If one of these guys were to fall, the commanders I mentioned, they could be moving, looking to come up. Like there's a lot of teams. The saints have had hooker in for a visit. So a lot of quarterback options, heck the Packers have had Hen and hooker on let's get wild here. And let's say the Packers take Hen and hooker in the ra- round one, like, They've done weirder stuff, so I wouldn't put it past it. So the quarterbacks are definitely the most, as always, the most interesting names to watch. Um, and Do the Jets potentially move up for one instead of trading for Rodgers? Is that something that's a possibility in your head? So, Or do they just wait and see if someone falls to them, like play the passive game? I don't think they would trade up, right? And unless, like, if maybe if C.J. Stroud somehow got to eight, you know, which I don't see is even being remotely possible, but right. yes. Like, I mean, heck, if C.J. Stroud got, somehow got to nine and the, <laughs> the Bears were able to get him and trade the first-round pick, that would be an incredible de- – that's like draft day, the movie that I watch every oh, yes. draft day. Like, that's yes. that kind of stuff. But, like, I don't see that happening either. Like, I, there, there's five teams I could see taking Stroud before. Yeah, like Carolina, Houston, Indy, Seattle, Detroit right. might even – Atlanta, definitely. I don't think he get past Atlanta, and that's eight. <laughs> but, like, if something like that, like one of those top two guys, maybe an Anthony Richardson. But, see, I think the Jets are in the mindset of let's compete now. Uh, so, I, I think they're they're all on Rodgers. So, maybe they'll use pick 13 if, you know, Will Levis is still sitting there. And he'll actually trade it to somebody else to, to drop back and acquire maybe another date, maybe a third-round pick or something like that, that that will – that they'll give up for Aaron Rodgers, kind of like the three-way trades that don't happen in the NFL. I could see something like that. So quarterback definitely interesting to watch. Um, but let's move on to a different uh, position group, and that is the running back position. And I don't want to say this position is lackluster, but there is a clear number one option in this class, uh, and that is Bijan Robinson out of Texas. He is 
Uh, I think Der- Daniel Jeremiah is number three player on his big board. Um, but we For are running in, back. Uh, we are the age of where you don't draft running backs in the first round and you don't sign running backs. So it is definitely an interesting. This is where best player available comes in. Uh, you know, at what point is the value too good to pass up on? And for me, there's one team I'm looking at. And is it is is do they pick tenth? Uh, they do. And That's traditionally, I, I don't think like I don't think the Eagles will actually take a running back in the first round. That just doesn't seem like something they would do. Mm-hmm. It also sounds if you just say got the third best player in the draft at pick 10 because people went quarterback crazy like that sounds like something the eagles would do and they are in the position with the extra pick to yes to splash and add an elite pass or elite uh rushing option to an already elite rushing attack behind that offensive line with jalen hurts adding weapons like because they have the luxury of a 10 pick while they still have pick 20 29 or no i'm sorry pick 31 30 because of the whole miami four pick pick. there's yes. only 31 picks in the first round they have picked 30 so that because they have picked 30 they have the luxury to take b robinson um will they do it over an offense alignment that'll be wait to see that is like by far the perfect fit but no matter what if you're playing fantasy football and you have that number one overall pick in your upcoming dynasty draft b. robinson is the pick doesn't matter where he goes even if it's even if for some reason he goes to Tennessee and don't move Derrick Henry and he has to sit behind Derrick Henry for a year he's still the number one pick in dynasty rookie drafts in my opinion I totally agree and if anyone wants an NFL comparison like NFL.com has him compared to Josh Jacobs which I think that's good um like Josh Jacobs was also a guy who was first running back out of his class, first taken in dynasty drafts. The best comparison I heard was David Montgomery if he runs a four four forty. Yeah, I, I think somebody compared him to Alvin Kamara, a bigger Alvin Kamara. Like he, Alvin Kamara with size, yeah, that's another. It, it's amazing how he can do everything. Honestly, and I, and I think too, like this is a great point when you, when you hear a player comp, right? Like. Don't think about guys. Oh, what? How? What should that player do? Right? Like, you know, when someone's compared to yep. Deshaun Jackson, it doesn't mean, you know, he's going to be as successful as Deshaun Jackson. It means he's a field tilter. Like that's what that means. Like, mm-hmm. so how a bigger, a faster David Montgomery? So he runs with power, but he has some juice to him. You know, yep. A bigger Alvin Kamara. He's a good pass catcher out of the backfield, but he can also run between the tackles. That's. Player comps are one of the things that, like, I go back and forth. How much do I like them, or how much do I get tied up on when it's a up to a guy that I'm not a huge fan of, even if they might be a quote unquote good player. So just keep that in the back of the mind as you hear more player comps. And Bijan Robinson is probably the on, will be the only running back taken in the first round. I would be very shocked if any of the other guys uh, go. I have four, or I'm sorry, five other guys. Um, that I kind of lumped together. Jamar Gibbs out of Alabama, he's probably the clear number two of this list. Um, he could probably be in a, t- a second tier by himself. I just I worry about his size being able to hold up as a down back, but we are running backs by committee. Uh, very similar, maybe a little bit more explosive, but very similar to like James Cook 
last year people got really about him being in Buffalo, but never really got the full workload. Speedy, he's been compared to Darren Sproles by some people. Like again, just that like shifty, speedy pass catching option. So Jamar Gibbs in the right situation could be a guy. Um, next tier, the third tier would be uh, Devin A. Chain uh, out of Texas A and M, I believe, off the top of my head. Uh, Tank Bigsby, which just on name alone, like how could you not Elite want a name. running back that have Tank Bigsby? He's out of Auburn. Uh, Roshan Johnson was actually the backup to Bijan Robinson. Very good running back was in his shadow. Um, and honestly probably could have started at pretty much every other college in the country. Uh, but he went to Texas. So he had to share with, uh, Bijan, very similar to Miles Sanders to me and how he was actually a really good running back, but he lived in Saquon's shadow for a while. So I think he's interesting. And then of course I had to throw in. A uh, senior bowl standout and, you know, Tulane, they had an incredible year in college football this year, last year. Uh, Tajay Spears, definitely an interesting player there. Um, some of these guys will go in round two. Some of these guys will go in round five. Like that, that's what I'm saying. These guys are, they're going to be so team dependent. So it's very hard to judge which guy is after Robinson and Gibbs. It's all going to be on team preference for the running back position. Exactly. Like I, we're going to have a much better idea of who you should take in dynasty drafts after we see where they fall in the draft to what team, what situation. So we can give you the names here, but make sure you're listening to us in three weeks, four weeks or so when we do our dynasty mock draft, and you're going to hear a lot more of these names in a probably much different order. Uh, but I, I like your list of prospects there, Cody Bijan, and then maybe Jameer Gibbs and then the, the field. For sure. And like, there's always there's always one guy in the running backs that you fall in love with. Uh, I believe it was was it last year or two seasons ago, uh, Demetric Felton out of UCLA. I fell in love with yep. him. He went to the Browns, didn't turn out to be anything. It happens. That's the you know the draft is not a science. It's like playing the lottery. You're looking for good players. Um, but let's talk about the wide receivers. This is another uh, interesting class. Not in the sense that they're not good prospects. Uh, there is some consideration on, on who are the top guys. Uh, a lot of the guys are undersized, uh, at least weight-wise. There's a lot of lean wide receivers like a Devonta Smith, maybe not as talented, but like we're we're almost into the maybe it's the protection rules. Like these wide receivers just aren't as bulky because you know they're not as afraid to get hit, so they're keeping some of the the weight off to be a little bit quicker and uh, swifter with their agilities. Um, with all that said, there is, in my opinion, there is a clear 101. He could go top 10. I would not be surprised if the Atlanta Falcons took him. Would not be surprised if, you know, any, a team traded up into the top 10 for him. And that is Jackson Smith and out of Ohio State. If you've been following him for any time, you know he had he was hurt all of last year. He had an elite year here before that. Uh Remember last year when Ohio State had Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson go in the top twelve, and they had yep. That was the year they were with Jackson Smith and Jigba, and they both said he was the wide receiver on that team. Uh, so that's some high praise from two top twelve picks, and and look how well they turned out too. Right, and so Ohio State yeah. is like wide receiver. You like let's Terry McLaurin's another good example. Like they just turn out good wide receivers, and I think they. 
another one here in Jackson Smith the Jigba. A lot of people have put this, you know, box on him. He is only a slot wide receiver. He's just a slot guy. You know who they all they also they call just a slot guy and they let fall all twenty two and took a guy, Jalen Reger, even before him, Justin Jefferson. He was considered a slot only guy. I'm not saying Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be the next uh Justin Jefferson. I don't this is what I'm talking about. I'm not player comping him to what Justin Jefferson has done. I'm talking about the, the similarities to when he was coming out of the class. But Jackson Smith and Jigba. The my, hype, the physical traits, and the ceiling. Right. He is my favorite prospect. And I will say he will be very – so in terms of dynasty, it'll be very team-dependent for these wide receivers. But, like, he's probably my number two player in dynasty football. If you have the second pick, he's my, my top guy. Like, and as a Packers fan, like, the perfect complimentary to a guy like Christian Watson – to be so like that is i'm a if you've seen the movie draft day i'm a jsn no matter what kind of guy on my sticky note so that is my favorite wide receiver some of that might be some packers bias which i completely understand um but he is on a tier of himself and then there's some other guys i mentioned the undersized ones like a zay flowers to boston college seems like an incredible great dude uh actually went back for a senior year because he wanted to be his first player, his first person, in his family to graduate college. So you always love hearing stories like that. Great in space, a little bit undersized. Jordan Addison, pretty undersized as a wide receiver, very talented at USC. Um, I'm actually not as high on Jordan Addison as some people are. He's definitely got mixed reviews. He played with Lincoln Riley and he reminds a lot of Hollywood Brown. Um, so, some people he's another very polarizing wide receiver uh actually my second favorite wide receiver in the class is the guy that Hendon Hooker was throwing to and that's Jalen Hyatt but he's another guy he's six foot but he's only like 170 pounds uh so another guy that is definitely a little bit on the undersized there and then some people's number one uh, I just have a hard time with it and that's Quentin Johnston maybe it's too much helmet scouting with all the duds that TCU has put out in the first round the last couple of years, whether it's Jalen Richardson, Josh Doxson, like there's been some, or Jalen Reger, sorry, there's been yeah. some guys at TCU. You shouldn't helmet scout, but it's hard to think of that in the past, especially when the Big 12, which TCU plays in, is notorious for not having any quality defensive players, uh, or at least caliber to the NFL. Uh, and he is also very stiff. He is an elite athlete going straight down the field. He had a ter- he has he had some terrible. I always I hate criticizing these players because they're, but like they're he did not have great agility numbers. Um, either did DK Metcalf so, though. So I was gonna say I was gonna say so did DK Metcalf. But I have one question for you too. So he's been in the headlines recently because he was not invited to the NFL draft because they were worried about the awkward video of him sitting in the green room not getting taken in round one. Do you think that that's just the NFL being ultra cautious? Do you think that's something that people should like? look into as oh maybe they know what they're talking about this could be a problem like where are you at on something like that in a story in the news i mean i don't i look i look for like why is that and i and like i said i think his like what with dk metcalf when he didn't have really good agilities and you know everyone was like and he and quentin johnson isn't the athletic freak that dk metcalf was so he he doesn't have 
the same upside on the other things. He's still a very good athlete. Like, I'm not taking that away from him. Uh, but I think we get scared, and we saw DK Metcalf fall away to the, near the end of the second round. I wouldn't be surprised if Quinton Johnson has, you know, the similar fate. I also wouldn't be surprised if a team like the New York Giants were like, you know what, he'll pair, he'll be a really great piece for us. Pair him with some of our, you know, smaller Swifty guys, and he goes in the first round of the New York Giants. So, like, I think, I think definitely a team uh, friendly person or like team specific. If you're looking for a tall, lanky guy, Quentin Johnson. If you're looking for a more shifty, underneath guy, Jalen Hyatt. Like, Jalen Hyatt and Quentin Johnson, if they were both on the same team, you could get Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf on team. But where they're drafting, you're most likely only going to get one. Um, so I want to talk about the tight ends real quick before we get out of here. Uh, for me, there's Dalton Kincaid. He was the the top tight end, uh, but he had a little bit of an injury, so he didn't get any testing, which is definitely interesting. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah has him as a top 10 player on his big board. Uh, there's some speculation if he'll even get to go in the first round because he didn't get to test. Uh, Michael Mayer, who I've come a little bit around on, still not a huge, I'm not like completely sold on him, uh, but he is probably the most well-rounded uh, of the whole class. Dalton Kincaid has the best chance. Darnell Washington is the biggest. He also wore zero in college, so we talked about the, the rule change. to keep his number. Uh, he's just an athletic free run grader blocker that catch. Like, I don't want you to think, oh, he can only run black. He can still catch, but he dominates in the run game. Uh, Luke Musgrave, he's he's a big guy that can catch really well and run a lot of good routes, but he's not a very good blocker. Uh, out of Oregon State, so he's definitely fun. Sam Laporta, Iowa might as Iowa likes to turn out good tight ends. He's another one in that line, uh, so I had to throw him out there. And then Zach Kuntz out of Old Dominion. Uh, I just wanted to throw him on the list because remember, if you listened to us last year when we were talking, uh, Jelani Woods was one of my prospects out of Virginia. He was an athletic freak. Uh, he was the most, according to the relative athletic score, he was the highest rated athletic tight end since like 1987 i believe is the correct date uh zach Kuntz is right up there with him in that out of old dominion so true athletic freak went to a small school and would definitely need some refinement in the nfl but it is worth noting and i'm sure you're excited to hear this tight ends should be making a comeback in fantasy football maybe not this year but next year I hope so. And I will say props to Cody. So listen to some of these names, especially even the three, four, five, six, because not only was Jelani Woods higher on his board than a lot of people last year, Isaiah likely was as well. And we saw a lot of good flashes out of him when the Ravens were without Mark Andrews. So Cody's got a little bit of inside knowledge on how to scout some tight ends. I feel like, and uh, I liked watching the big boys, I guess. Um, And then before we hop out of here, because we liked, we wanted to stay consistent in fantasy, we wanted to hit some of the offense. We went through all the skill position groups. Uh, but defensive-wise, you've heard these big names, but if you are an IDP, uh, Will Anderson is an elite edge rusher. Um, I wouldn't put him up there with like a Miles Garrett-level talent who went one overall, but he is definitely the best in the class. Jalen Carter is my favorite defensive prospect, but yet there's still some baggage and stuff that came out around the combine. He might have a little bit of fall. Christian Gonzalez is my favorite cornerback. Devin Witherspoon is a lot of other people's. 
uh, Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. Christian Gonzalez is your prototype. Devin Witherspoon is like, just like a, there's just something about him. He, you know, he might be a little undersized, but he hits hard. Like he's, he's just a dog. Like to, he has that see ball, get ball mentality. And then Tyree Wilson is a guy that I could see, you know, shooting up draft boards as we get there, kind of similar to how, um, not Quay, uh, the other looker from Georgia, out of nowhere past Aiden Hutchinson. So, like, like if for some reason Arizona's on the clock and Tyree Wilson goes above Will Anderson, wouldn't be surprised to see that one. Uh, is there any other – I know I've been talking a lot of prospects. Any other prospects you want to highlight? No, I think we covered a lot of the big guys. I think there's definitely going to be some guys in the later rounds that we're going to see a fit and be like, that's a great – that's a solid choice, and we'll have to bring those up after – the fact but i think for now i think that's a really good draft guy there cody and i am looking forward to the draft next week and maybe your mock draft next week for sure and yes you might have noticed the absence of a single safety on the defensive players this is not a great safety class so if you are a team that needs a safety unfortunately you might be looking in the trade market or taking one of the the ultra athletes on day three and hoping they turn in to something um but like george mentioned we'll be back next week it'll be Myself, me and George, probably not Tyler because he's probably still honeymooning it up. So again, remember to send him a congrats. Brother, we love you. Thank you again for letting us be a part of your big day. Uh, it was an incredible day. Uh, we missed you on today's podcast, but, you know, I really like the drive anyway. So he'll be back with us soon. Uh, if you have any questions about players, feel free to read. But as always, this podcast is more fun for us and more fun for you when you get involved. I'm Cody Roadcap, joined as always with George Kirst, and we will see you next week. Boom. Boom. Nice. Choo-choo.